Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am really excited today to offer you guys up a solo episode. I have um, a methodology that I would love to share with you, and I've also received some questions from the audience that I would love to answer. So I'm hoping that this is a great break from all our amazing interviews. It's actually been a week of batching this week, so I have done quite a few interviews and I'm so excited to share with you some amazing energy that and amazing interviews that are coming up in the near future. We're going to be talking about money practices and meal planning from somebody who helps many, many moms meal plan. We are going to be talking about nutrition. We're going to be talking about the microbiome, just so much goodness coming up. Oh, and parenting and how not to be anxious. We just have some great people coming up. I'm actually going to send out an email to people on my list with some of the topics that we're going to be covering. And I would like you guys to email back any questions you have, because I would like to start asking some of our guests questions that are coming from you guys, things that maybe you've always wanted to ask these people. So I might disclose a couple of the really cool people that are coming on because they're maybe people that you've heard of and will be able to ask them your specific questions and those will be answered. So that's really exciting. So look for that email. And if for some reason you don't get our emails, make sure that you do. There's so many goodies that you can get by going to the Plan Simple Meals website and just pick one and that will ask you for your email address and then you will be on the list to get these updates. Okay, so before I dive into this content, I also want to share again that I am starting this amazing thing in just a couple weeks. Um, I think we're kicking off right at the beginning of July slash end of June. It matches the moon, so I'm blanking on the exact date, but it's right at the end of June. And it's going to be a year. It's called Flow 365. And it's going to be 40 women coming together who have work that they're trying to get done, have families they're trying to tend to, really have health goals that they're dying to attain, maybe some money goals. Anyway, there's lots of stuff on this grand list. And It feels like a really good opportunity to spend a year having the kind of accountability and structure to really get all those things done or the big things done, the really meaningful things done in your life. And that sounds like it would be just a great experience. So it's going with the flow planner. It's this amazing year-long experience. You'll really get a lot done. And that's not only probably in the busy sense, you'll also hopefully take more naps, have more down days, have more relaxing holidays, 
all that kind of stuff too, because all of that's really important in creating a life of flow. So if you're interested in that, if anything I've said sounds great, just make sure to reach out to Mia at plansimplemeals.com. I've been having some amazing conversations with listeners who are thinking about joining. We have had some people already say yes, which is really exciting. And I am going to cap this year at 40, my goal, which we'll talk about in a set goals, but my, my longer term goal in three years is I'd like to have 500 people going through the year. So this 40 is really a great opportunity to get the most of me. So if this is something that's appealing to you, um, I feel like now is a great time to, why not start now, right? Just why not start now? I'll leave it at that. And what I'm going over today, everything I'm going over is the kind of stuff that will be, is how we'll be thinking, what we'll be diving into deeper on a more regular basis in this year long excursion, which is really, again, about you planning and having accountability um, to actually execute the things that you want to do. All right. So I wanted to start with five myths that I know I bought into and I know a lot of my audience bought into. And so I'm assuming if I don't know you yet and you're part of this audience that maybe one of them you've bought into in your lifetime. And I just want to go through them. And then all five of these myths are things that will be addressed in the second half of the podcast as I share some, some of my favorite strategies with you. But there are also things that I'll be addressing over the next three weeks, where if you're paying attention to everything around Plan Simple and Plan Simple Meals, we're really going to be diving into this flow planning methodology and figuring out how to really create this life that we desire now, not after our kids are in college. So here are the myths that I think if we can really free ourselves from these myths, we can lead these lives that we dream about and want and act as role models, act as the role models that our kids, I think, really deserve. We know that kids learn more from observation than from being told things. So why not? Why not be an inspirational person to our kids so that when they're off doing their own thing, they remember all these amazing things we did. So here's myth number one. I have to get work done first to create space and time for family. It could also be the opposite if you're taking more time for family. So it could be that, um, I, I have to be mom now and put my career on hold and I'll go back to my career when my kids are X years old. So both of those are pretty common things that we think we have to choose between. And I really feel like one of the reasons we feel incomplete in either of those two areas is actually because of the other thing. So if we, we're leaning into work and we want that to be done before we feel like we can go home for dinner or, um, you know, really get in our exercise practice or, you know, be a good parent at bedtime, whatever it is, I, I feel like it's that other part that's making us feel incomplete. So knowing that we can fit in both is a really big deal in feeling like we are in flow, that we are complete. Myth number two, 
if being busy at work leads to success, which has been shown to us over and over again, right? The busier you are at work, maybe the more successful you are, the more hours you put in, the more successful chance of success you have, then busy at home will also lead to success. This is a big myth. It is a myth that I definitely bought into, or it wasn't even that I bought into it. It's that it's just how I thought life was. So when Felix, my oldest, was little and he was the only one, you know, we would take this 18-month-old baby everywhere on the weekends. We would go to museums and to parks and, you know, he might have a nap in the middle of the day, but otherwise we were always on the go. And it wasn't until my second and third came along that I realized that not only was being at home okay and having moments where I'm cooking or cleaning or gardening or just lying down, that those were actually just as important things for my kids to see and that they didn't have to be entertained at every moment, that they could figure out how to play by themselves. And I didn't always have to be in there acting out and you know, pretending like I was a choo-choo train and all those things. And it took me a minute to learn, but oh my gosh, life on the other side of that has been pretty amazing. So that's a big myth that I see a lot of people buying into. Um, and I feel very grateful to be on the other side of myth. Number one, I still, I definitely still play with quite a bit. Um, and a great resource for myth number two um, that being busy at work leads to success. So being busy at home must also lead to success. A great resource for that is the book Simplicity Parenting. And Kim John Payne was actually on, I think I'm going to get the episode number wrong, but he was on one of the first five episodes of this podcast. So that might be something worth going back and listening to. But he is a PhD, a psychologist, and all his research led back to the fact that our kids are just too busy and that by simplifying, we actually give them way more tools to go forward in their lives um, creatively and happily and without anxiety and all that kind of stuff. So I really do believe that this is a myth worth busting ASAP. Myth number three, being domestic means I'm not good at my work, or I'm not a good CEO or lady boss or whatever you want to call it. And this is a really big one for us ladies, right? Especially if we're entrepreneurs. I know I have a lot of mom entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast. This is something that's really embedded in our belief system, in our media. I just think back to sort of June Cleaver and none of us really wanting to relate to that, who also want to get things done in the world. But I'm not sure that it's as true as we think it is. I'm, I'm hoping that the world is changing. I do see, though, a lot that we're always trying to prove. We're always needing to prove ourselves as women. Um, get back to work as quick as possible after maternity leave. Um, you know, not fully admit that we're working from home. Somehow that's shameful. I'll never, ever forget. And this was a while ago, but back when I had my design company and I had an office and I had, I had employees in all the nine yards, but um, I really feel like I did that to sort of prove something. I had all three of my kids while I had that office. And I remember somebody who I really admired as a designer. He was a couple years older than me. He definitely had had his company a little bit longer. And he, um, 
you know, was just somebody I looked up to. And I remember one weekend he got written up in our, in the paper, in the Boston Globe. So not like a small local paper, like a big paper, um, about his home workspace. And I just remember thinking all the shame that I felt around, it was right around the time where I had decided that because my second was born, I really needed to scale back in my design company and it would really be a good idea to work from home more. And um, I remember just feeling so much shame around that. And then here we are, you know, with this article about these five men who work from home and how great this lifestyle is. And it just, there was a disconnect there. So I really feel like as women, we've got to get over this. We've got to be proud to have this ability to raise our kids and get work done um, because really we're quite amazing at it. And I do think we get too busy for our own good, which is why you're going to keep listening to this podcast. But I do believe that we can be really good at home and really good at our work. And I think that there's more and more amazing people who are proving that to us. In fact, if you go listen to like the 12 podcasts that happened um, in the late fall, it's all amazing women entrepreneurs who are rocking it at home and rocking it in their business. One of the ones that comes to mind is my friend Jenny Fennig, who's a coach and she has a big business, you know, small but big. She makes a really good living. She's the primary breadwinner in her household. And about a year ago, I think, maybe two years ago, her son decided that he just couldn't go to school anymore. And she had created this business. She has great boundaries. She shares a lot of her strategies actually around planning on that podcast. So you can go back and listen to Jenny Fennig's podcast. But she decided she had to homeschool her son. So now she actually homeschools two of her three kids and maybe her third one will end up part of that. She's a little bit younger. So she's in nursery school, but she's able to do that. And the more I think we can sort of proudly show what we can accomplish, the more and more of us will, who will feel like we have the permission to do the same. So myth number four, it is just a phase. It will get better when my kids turn and you need to fill in the blank. And so if you've had, you know, if your kid is older than two, you know that stuff changes and you always think you can wait until the next stage. Um, or maybe it doesn't have to do with your kid's age. It has to do with when I make more money, when we move, when the school year ends and you're not giving your per yourself permission to actually create the life you want until some big milestone happens. But the thing is, is that when that milestone happens, you start wanting other things. Things start to change. So actually, that doesn't really work. We need to be creating as we go. And I'm going to get into that in the second part of this episode. And then the fifth myth is, I just don't have the time. And this is just one of those things that I just think it takes time and practice to teach ourselves that this one isn't true. You can look at people who've done amazing things and they have the same 24 hours in a day that we do. So it's just a matter of how we're spending our 24 hours. And for each of us, that's going to look different because for each of us, we have different things we want to do. But the idea that you don't have enough time, we decide what we want to do with our time. And a lot of times 
we just don't know that. So we're going to get more into that one too. But those five myths, I think, can really hold us back. And we're going to, I'm going to be talking about with guests who will be on the podcast in the next couple of weeks about some of these myths and how they have busted them in their own lives. Um, I'm going to be doing Facebook lives on these myths. So there's going to be more on these myths, but I feel like the question becomes, how do we change things? Like, how do we make this life we have different than bigger than these myths? How do we bust these myths? And how do we fit in the things that make a difference all the time instead of someday? I feel like a lot of these myths talk about someday. And I think that it takes two parts. And this is what this podcast is really about and what I'm going to focus on for the rest of our time together today. I think it's two parts. I think it's part vision and part plan. And then with both of those things, I think we need to consistently recall them because it's so easy to forget and go back to those things that are just so ingrained in us. And those myths, maybe one, maybe two, maybe all five, when we have a myth that's ingrained in us, it's just, it's hard to know that something can be different. So when we make a vision about what could be different, we really do have to recall it quite often. And here's the deal. And here's sort of the the freeing part and the part that makes this a little bit of work, but good work is that we're never done. There is no end destination. This is always a process, right? And so if we're talking about getting healthy, health is a process. It's not an end destination. We change all the time. Like as women, we know this, right? So I, it's actually almost my birthday one week from today. And, you know, I, life has been so different since before kids, after kids, as I move into my forties, like my body just literally does different things. And so I have to change my ways. The, the way that I lived when I was 20 simply is not possible for me today, nor would I want it to be, right? That, that would be exhausting. That's exhausting to even think about. So how can we spend our days really loving the process? I think that's the big question. And that's where life, an amazing life lives is in loving the process. So I have 11 ideas for you today that I believe help us in really loving the process. So I'm hoping that you can take some of these and run with them. Most of them, I think actually eight of them have to do with daily practices, things that we can do each day. And for that one, I actually made you a, a worksheet, like a, a sheet that you could use each day, that you could print out each day. A big part of my food transformation nine years ago was that I had, someone had given me this calendar and it was, it had a really inspirational quote on one side. And then on the back side, it was undated, but it just said, today I want to feel, and there was a blank space on one half. And then on the other half, it had all the times. And it was a, you know, it was totally simple, but it really worked for me for each day to recall the things that I needed to recall. So I feel like 
everything I'm going to share today very much came from that experience. And so from the strategies that I'm going to share with you today, I actually made you guys a sheet very similar to that one, except with all the little parts that I'm going to talk about today. So it's a bit more nuanced than my little you know, calendar that you rip, tear off a page. And so what you could do is you could print out this page. Um, you could print out a couple and each day you could fill it out sort of like a worksheet. And that will include number four through 11 that I'm going to share with you today. One, two, and three are a little different and you can do in your journal. But if you go to plansimplemeals.com slash today, um, you can download that sheet and have it and use it and all that good stuff. Okay. So number one of my 11 ideas is have a vision. I can't emphasize this enough, but when we write to-do lists and no matter who we are, if we're multi-passionate women, we have lists. Like we have long lists of things we want to do. And whether we're the kind of person who likes a to-do list and writes it all down, or we are not that kind of person, but we hold it in our head. We have lists and it's really, really helpful to create a vision and really understand what you're moving toward so that you're not constantly in overwhelm by this list. And if you've fallen into myth number one and either you're leading life as a mom right now, or you're leading life as an entrepreneur or with your work, um, which I tend to find we gravitate toward one of those two areas, then sometimes your vision might have all to do with that. So I really, really want to make sure that you're thinking about all the categories that are part of the flow planning methodology. So flow, F-L-O-W, category one would be food and wellness. So I want you to think about like, what is your vision around food and wellness? Lifestyle and family. What is your vision around lifestyle and family? That can include money, travel, um, education, um, you know, exercise, all that kind of stuff. Like, what does that vision look like for you? The O stands for OM in the planner, but really what that stands for is spirituality. So what are those spiritual practices that you really need to be part of your life. This is not religion. This is spiritual practices, which could be quiet moments, could be downtime, could be a nap, could be a meditation practice, um, could be reading a book, but those things that really feed your soul. Okay. Like that. And that could look different for all of us. It could be a walk in nature. And lastly, your work. So Work does fit into all this and parenting does fit into all this, but I feel like the food and wellness piece and the spirituality piece really balance it out. And you could do this. My favorite, favorite way to do this, if you have some time, is to open up a journal and give yourself 15 minutes and just write out your 10-year plan. What is life going to look like 10 years from now? And the cool thing about that is that in 10 years, if you're changing diapers now, you're not changing diapers. If you're dealing with a picky eater right now, in 10 years, it's not about those details. In 10 years, it's about your energy. It's about where you live. It's about what you see on a daily basis. It's about who you're impacting. It's about, you know, 
what your kids or what the, your kids' education is like. It's about more big picture things, which is why I love 10 years. For some of us, like I have a 14-year-old. In 10 years, he's out of college. I'm not worried about any of the details. Does that make sense? Another way to look at it, but I still recommend the 10-year plan is, and this is how my flow process is organized, is 90 days. Like I think that when we're really getting down granularly to what we need to do, a year is a really long time for us. Um, and it's not, it's, and it's more like sometimes we can get done in 90 days, what we think we can get done in a year, but each 90 day period in our lives is so different. So right now we're coming up on the summer. So if you were thinking through your 90 day plan and you had already done your 10 year plan, then you can think about like, how do I really want to feel this summer? You know, and, and maybe you're focused more on the stuff in your 10 year plan that's around energy and travel and that kind of stuff because it's summer and your kids are home with you and, you know, you're going to work, but um, you also want to take time to be with family. So each 90 day cycle of our life is going to be slightly different. Summer looks different than September. There's like no doubt about that, right? So right now we're thinking like, what do these next 90 days look like? Okay. And the 90 day situation, I'm actually going to, I said my birthday's in a week. And on that day, I'm actually going to do a training about that. Not really a training. It's, it's going to be a, a workshop and you're actually going to do your 90 day plan. So I'm going to talk through it, but then I'm also going to give you time to write. So if you want to make space for that in a week, um, you can go sign up at plansimplemeals.com slash 90 day plan, and you'll get access. We're going to be on zoom and we're going to spend 60 minutes just making our 90 day plan. You'll have a worksheet that you can fill in. Um, I'll be talking a little bit, but I'm also going to give you some quiet time to fill it in. All right. Okay. So number one is have a vision. Number two is get everything out of your head. This is really important. In the flow planner in the back, we have something called the master list. And I really do believe that it's important to empty our head on a regular basis, but definitely when we're starting this whole process of all the things we hold on. Because as people, as, as moms, we are holding so much in our heads. Like we're remembering who's driving carpool when when the spreadsheet is due, what we need from the grocery store, it's too much and it makes us not have room to enjoy things that we should be enjoying or to have creative ideas. We just need to get it out of our head. So I would love you guys just to do a brain dump. It's really, you know, you just set a timer for 10 minutes and you just write. And if you want to follow the um, flow planner method on that, then what you would do is you would just on two sheets of paper, you would make two columns on each, or you'd make two columns on each page. Or you can make four columns on one if you didn't think your list was that long, if you turned it the long way. But basically you want a column for food and wellness, a column for family, lifestyle and family, a column for spirituality, and a column for work so that you're not writing a list of a hundred work things and forgetting the rest of your life. Does that make sense? So you're going through thing by thing um, and really dumping everything out of your head. Doctor's appointments you have to make you know, school things you have to do, camp forms you have to fill out, uh, vacation rentals you need to get, whatever it is, get them all out of your head um, because that process will be hugely freeing to you. Number three, time block and batch. 
So one of the things that's on this day sheet that you could download at plansimplemeals.com slash today is that a, a place to put like what you would do for 30 minutes around email and phone. So it's really helpful to, to batch things, to do all like things at one, instead of selling, sent, doing one email now and one call later. If you do all that kind of like menial task type stuff at once and then have a two hour block to write and then have a one and a half hour time to, you know, work out and meditate, then you're being more efficient than if you're chunking it up in a day. Um, so like on the work front, something I do is I spend a whole week every month creating content. I try to batch all these podcasts. I try to write. Um, I try to take pictures. Um, something on the personal level is I've been, I've volunteered to do my son's eighth grade yearbook and I've been having a really hard time carving out the time to do that. It's actually pretty easy for me to lay things out because of that graphic design background, but I just, I still need to block out the time. And so what I did is next week, I'm going to go in and I'm going to teach them how to lay out their pages. And I'm doing it for like an hour in the morning and two hours in the afternoon because that's what worked with the teacher. And then I was looking at my calendar and I was like, oh, I have like this interview in the middle. And I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to move that interview to another day. And I'm just going to spend the whole day just finishing. Sometimes there's just something to finishing and getting like things done at once. So you don't only have to batch things that are helping you get things done. You can batch downtime and meal prep. Um, you can time block for those things. So batching and time blocking are actually kind of different. So what, what I mean by time blocking is I mean going through your week and saying, okay, from eight to three is work time. And then after that, it's not work time. And maybe from four to seven is always kid time. Or maybe from... Um, you know, four to five is always kid time and from five to six is always make dinner time or chore time or whatever. But really, you know, segment out different time blocks in your day. And that way you can block out, you know, when there's downtime, when you have time to meditate, when you have time to exercise, when you're making meals and when you're doing your work so that you actually are making time for the things that matter. And you might not know exactly as you're doing this, what you're getting done in that time, but you know that it works with your kid's school schedule, with your work schedule. And then you have this master list that you've dumped from your brain and you can on a weekly basis or even daily basis, fill in what you're going to do during those times. But in general, you can block out what time you do have. Hoping that makes sense. All right, number four, and this is starting going through what you could do each day. And these are prompts on that daily sheet. You could do it in your own calendar. You could just do it on a piece of paper each day if you wanted to, but I do have that printout for you that you can get at plansimplemeals.com slash today. So number one is just what are three things you're grateful for? Write them down first thing in the morning. I cannot tell you how much this has changed my life. Um, it just gets me into a positive mindset. It's one of those things that's actually, I've heard a thousand times. It was really hard for me to get with someone else telling me. So I don't even want to say any more about this. It's one of those things you just kind of have to do. And it's simple. I'm not always recalling like the most, you know, the biggest things. Like sometimes I'm just grateful that I'm lying in bed. Sometimes I'm grateful that the sun is shining. Sometimes I'm grateful that I have the right food in my fridge. Like it doesn't always have to be 
huge, big things that you've been working toward. It can just be little things that you notice, the bird chirping outside, whatever, but it just helps frame the day. Number five, picking three things to do each day. Does that sound really limiting to you? I've heard people say you should only pick one. I'm giving you three. (laughs) But the idea is, is that you know your vision, you've done your brain dump, and you just need to pick three things that are going to move you from, you know, to your vision using the things that you have in your head that are, you know, that usually are the things that will move you toward your vision, but it's just hard to recall them at the moment that you need to. So you've, you have both those things on paper. So now it's just working to make the plan that will put those two things together. Does that make sense? And the only thing I want you to remember with the flow planning method is that I want you to not have all work or all lifestyle. I want you to, you know, if you lean toward work, maybe two of the things you get done in a day are work, but one has to do with your spiritual practice or one has to do with food. Like you're actually trying to create some sort of balance um, in your three tasks. And this is not to say you won't get other stuff done, but you're going to feel really good when you get these three, three things done. And one of the things cannot be make a new website. It has to be things that you really can do. You can go research this thing. You can make this reservation. You can write that piece. Um, you know, you can, you're not going to write a book, but you could outline a chapter. Like I want these to be things you can actually do in a day. Okay. So you choose three things that move you toward your vision. That's important. Six, you, you document what you're going to eat that day. And again, this is on that sheet, but each day, if, even if you just take out a post-it, if you know what you're going to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what you're going to feed your family, and you decide, you save so much time, you guys. Someone told me once that the average person thinks about food, what they're going to eat, how they're going to get to the grocery store, all these little details for an average of an hour a day. And so I did the math of that once, and it's like six weeks of vacation on a 40-hour week. It's a lot. So even if you only thought about it for half hour a day, which you definitely do, then it's still four weeks of vacation or something like that. Ridiculous. So just write it down, forget, like decide and don't, then you don't have to stress about it. Then you can have on your list to go get the broccoli that you forgot, or you can just take everything out of the fridge and know you already have it. Like there's no more work or worry. It's decided, you know what you're going to eat. All right. And hopefully you're eating well based on that vision that you have created that has you wanting to have a lot of energy in 10 years. Right. Okay. Know what you're going to eat. Number seven, how will you move food, your food and your house forward in the day? And this is just to stay in action. So a lot of times if we're trying to change our food, if we have a lot of lifestyle shifts we're trying to make, um, we, we make everything really big. Like we want to clean out our garage and sell all this stuff and totally transform our diet. But what if all we needed to do was get all the ingredients for that salad or that vegetable soup out of the fridge and on the counter so that we stuck to the fact that that's what we're going to make for dinner? Or what if we like chopped them in the morning when we had more energy so that at night it was easier to make? 
Or what if instead of cleaning out the whole garage, we just cleaned out one bin or we vacuumed one room so that it felt really tidy in the area that we actually saw every day? It's just staying in action because momentum really does help. Number eight, how will you take care of yourself today? Um, I want you to write that down. I want you to stick to it. It does not have to be that you go get a massage and a pedicure every day, which is what everybody always thinks when I talk about self-care or when anyone talks about self-care, but it's not that hard. It's that you take a shower because you said you wanted to. You walk around the block after you've been sitting for four hours. Um, You actually eat the food you said you would eat because you know that that's going to make you feel good. It's not it doesn't have to be big deals. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. It could be as simple as doing this daily sheet. Like that's taking care of yourself. But just knowing that you're not doing everything for everybody else, you're also taking care of yourself because you want your kids to take care of themselves someday. And if you're always taking care of them, they won't know that they can do that. So if you can't do it for yourself, do it for them. All right. Number nine, track habits. So On this sheet that you guys are getting, I think there's a couple habits to track. One is getting your 10 servings of fruits and veggies in a day. Another one is getting your water intake. And another one is moving your body. And so there's just little check marks. In the actual flow planner, we have a space on every week where you can write out the habits that you're trying to do. So um, I think it also includes those three like by default because I want everybody getting their 10 servings of fruits and veggies a day. But maybe one week you're trying to have an Instagram practice or one week you're trying to do a meditation practice or um, one week you're trying to have, I don't know, more than one date night or family dinner, right? So we all are going to be working on different things. There's a space for you to put those in in the flow planner. But I want you to have a method for tracking things. You can make a simple, you know, checklist yourself on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and put it on the fridge. But there is something to like that whole sticker methodology that we learn in grade school that it's really helpful to know, like, I've done this. And then, you know what? You're not going to do it perfect. You're not going to get your 10 servings of fruits and veggies on week one. It's a goal. It's like understanding that this is something you're working toward, not something you're getting perfect every day. Remember, this is all about making the process enjoyable. And part of the process is just bringing to our attention the things that we actually want to do each day. You know, do I have a supplement I want to remember to take every day? You know, when our kids are little, like we want them to brush their teeth every day. We want them to brush their hair every day. Maybe we want them to take a shower or bath every day. These are just like the grown-up versions of those habits that we really want to change. You know, for a long time, mine was have a green smoothie every morning. And now I do it with no problem. But for the first year, I had to really remember that every day. I mean, I knew it, but I would fight it because I had all those myths that I believed. And um, so just having a checklist, like understanding how to track habits every day and writing down what those habits are. I think of habits usually on a weekly basis. These are the habits I want to work on this week. Um, As you guys know, if you've been around a long time, water is always a big one for me. Hydration is always a big one for me. I teach it all the time, but the truth is, is I don't always get in the amount of water I need in a day. So I track that and that really helps. And tracking things helps our kids. There's so much talk right now about executive function in schools. Well, making checklists and tracking stuff is a way to help kids with their executive function. So we're just doing that for ourselves. All right. So you're tracking habits. 
Number 10, schedule and learn. So a big part of the today sheet, or maybe it's in the planner you already have, is that all, you know, the hours from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., I forgot what the exact hours are, are there. And I want you to schedule all of them. And that does not does not mean I want you to be busy for all of them. That is not what I mean at all. But I want you to block them all out. I want you to block out that downtime. I want you to block out the time it takes to make dinner. I want you to block out sitting down and enjoying dinner. I want you to block out when you're going to sleep. I want you to block out the important things, which, mind you, are not the work. It's all the other stuff. So I want you to block it out so you can make space for those things that really matter. And here's back to that whole process thing. If you just take up half of the space in your, in either on this sheet or in your own planner to write what you're going to do ahead of time and try to stick to it, you can go back at the end of the day and see where you didn't stick to it. I was going to use the word failed, but it is not a fail. It is a learning process. There's many habits that we're trying to put into place that it's going to take time to get the, to make that feel good, to make that something that happens. And that's okay. It's okay that it's going to take time and we can learn from that. So you said you were going to be on social media for an hour, but you didn't. Instead, you fiddled around in your email or read other people's posts. So why? Like, let's just think about why you did that. You said you were going to make a healthy dinner, but instead you got takeout tonight. Why is that? Maybe it was because you forgot to schedule the amount of time it takes to get from Little League home. Who knows? Like we all have different reasons, but just start to learn from your schedule so that you can make better choices tomorrow. Does that make sense? Okay. Number 11, magic moments. So here's the thing. As you start to do this, as you start to vision and plan, you are going to see magic. And it's really important to note it because as you believe that these magic moments happen, you'll be more likely to keep planning. So it's amazing. But like, let me just, I'll go back nine years ago to when I decided I needed to change my food. And I did that based on just not feeling good, not feeling energy and carrying these extra like 80 pounds that I had gained over the course of three kids. And all I did one afternoon was like, just make a choice. I was like, this has got to change. And the next day I got an email from a yoga studio I used to go to saying that they missed me. Like they didn't send that to me. It was like some automatic email, (laughs) but it just happened to come that morning. And I was like, oh, I should go to yoga today. So I left work a little early and I went to yoga and that particular day, the studio owner was there and I was doing her class and I just felt really connected to her. I am not somebody, you guys, who speaks up. You might not realize that about me because I'm here talking from the podcast and whatnot, but I'm pretty quiet. I'm introverted and I'm shy and I get embarrassed when my husband goes and introduces himself to people. It's just not my personality. So I'm in this yoga class and I'm like, I've got to meet this girl. I don't know why, but I know I have to meet her. So after class, I wait in line and I go up and I introduce myself and I say, I'm not sure why I'm supposed to meet you, but I think I am. And she said, well, what do you do? And I said, oh, I design websites. And she said, oh my God, we need one. And she said, but that's not it. Like, do you need help with food? And I was like, that's so weird because I said I was going to change my food. And so the next day we talked through a plan of what I could eat that would make me feel really good and help me lose this weight. 
And I call it my last diet because it really wasn't a diet. It was me understanding what fruits and vegetables could do for me. But all of that was sort of, that was all magic. That was just me deciding and then opening up to the fact that these things could happen. So when we vision, when we decide, when we plan, if we're open, all of this magic happens. And that's what I want for you. I want magic for you. So this was a lot. This might be something you re-listen to. I would love, love, love you to show up on my birthday for this 90-day plan planning session. We're going to be looking at the summer. We're going to be planning the summer and figuring out how to have that perfect mix of relaxation, of the work we want to get done, of the personal care we want. If we have any diet goals, we're going to go through all of that. It's going to be a real, real work hour. You're going to get it down on paper. You're going to make that plan. Um, that's what I want for you on my birthday. I'm going to do it too. I'm super excited. And it's such a good time of year to do this. So if you want to sign up, go to plansimplemeals.com slash 90 day plan. And I will see you guys there. Have a fabulous day. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.